It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to the Blackout. We are coming to you from BellyUpSports.com, and it is week five. That means it's time for another Pick'em Pod. He is Alan Denton. I am Thomas Black. Alan, welcome back to the show, and welcome back, man. As we talked about in our Pick'em Rewind, welcome to the top 10 and a lot of strong competition headed forward deeper into the season. Hey, I'm just, I'm just glad to have a seat at the table with, with you, my man. Like, you know, that, that's, that's nice. It is, it is very nice because of your introduction of me. Let's go ahead and look at the standings. As Alan is indicating, I was able to take over first place in the entire group. I now have 152 points on the board and have gone overall 24 and 16 in my picks. Man, this has been a tough year. Honestly, I don't feel like 24 and 16 normally is the type of range that I want to fall in with my picks. I want to be better than that. Uh, but we've had so many upsets and so many games that have been hard to identify how they're going to go. Uh, that is one of the better set of picks in the entire group at this point. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Oh man! Because of the week I had this past week, I was able to overcome an 11-point deficit to take over first place, a 12-point swing for me going all the way up to first. In a tie for second, we have Tim and Bruce. Uh, last week, they were first and second, respectively. They are tied at 151 points, just one point behind me, and they are in competition for a couple of our prizes because we have prizes for first place, second place, and third place. In second place, you would get a pair of Yeet sunglasses plus a $50 Visa gift card, and third place is going for a $25 Visa gift card. So a lot of cool stuff there. And Alan, you once again, like we mentioned, have joined the top 10, a place we expect both of us to be as we go throughout the season. You now have 140 points on the year, 12 points back of my lead, and you've gone, sir, 24 and 16 in your picks as well. So I feel like we've both done reasonably well to excellent to this point, and uh, I'm excited to move forward deeper into the year. Oh, I am too. I feel like we're learning more and more about these teams and uh, getting a much better feel for for what um, October and November are going to look like. No doubt. I'm in agreement. Alan, are you ready to dive into some value picks? Let's jump in, man. Because of what we documented in our Pick'em Rewind, I picked up 37 points this past week. Alan with 33. I'm going to start us off with the value picks. So with my first one, Alan, I am interested to hear what you have to say in response to this, but I'm going to look at 
Ole Miss at Alabama deep in the SEC. Alabama is a 14 and a half point favorite. And man, oh man, I am fascinated by this matchup. If you remember going back to last year, Alabama won a crazy shootout with Ole Miss, 63-48 to on the road in Oxford, Mississippi. Now, Lane Kiffin and company make a return trip to Alabama. And Alan, I cannot wait for this thing. I think we're going to see fireworks, lots of offense, uh, but there's some specifics I'm looking at that I think I have a beat on this game, and I'm interested to see how it turns out on Saturday. So for Alabama, everybody knows what they had last year. Mac Jones, Heisman Trophy winner Devonta Smith, Najee Harris in the backfield. They were tremendous. And as Alabama typically does, they reload and they typically just look great. And they've been very good this year. But so far, Bryce Young has been good, but not amazing. Jamison Williams, the transfer wide receiver from Ohio State, has been awesome. Jaleel Billingsley, I believe, is a really good tight end. But to me, the running game just has not been the same. Najee Harris, I think, is severely missed there. And they're still just trying to feel things out in the running game to set up the pass. And Bryce Young's trying to find his way into the footsteps of some of the quarterbacks that have come before him, like Mac Jones and Tua Tagovailoa. On the other side, in Lane Kiffin's squad, you're going to miss guys like Elijah Moore and Kenny Yaboa, but Matt Corral is back. People are talking about him as a Heisman candidate this year. I think the passing game has just continued on with Dontario Drummond and Jonathan Mingo. Those guys have been great. And the backfield returns a bunch of guys. Jerry and Ely, Henry Parrish, Corral, and Snoop Connor have all been really good. I think possibly an improved running game for Ole Miss from a year ago. The big thing is, Alan, last year, Ole Miss had absolutely no defense. They could not stop anybody. I think early this season, maybe we have seen some strides by this Ole Miss defense. Now, this is going to be a big, big test, but I'm encouraged by a little bit of what they did against Louisville early in the season, jumping out to a big lead against them. At first, it could just kind of look like, man, maybe this Louisville team's pretty bad. But coming off of that, Louisville has looked improved and they've looked a little bit better. So I think maybe that indicates some good things about Ole Miss's defense. And at the same time, I love what Lane Kiffin's offense is doing Vice versa, I think Alabama is still figuring some things out and isn't the juggernaut it was a year ago. So, Alan, Alabama is a 14.5-point favorite. To me, I think that's too big. If I was gambling on this game in Vegas, I would lay money immediately on Ole Miss for keeping this game under that total of 14.5. So, I'm looking at this game with Alabama as a 14.5-point favorite. That would indicate that you should put the confidence level at an eight. It's the third highest spread we have this week. But to me, Alan, I don't want to get caught up with that many points on Alabama in this game because I think we're going to have a shootout. I think the more experienced quarterback and Matt Corral playing with Ole Miss is a little bit dangerous to me with Bryce Young, who hasn't had that much pressure put on his shoulders outside of the Florida game. And if you remember, the Gators were really outplaying Alabama in the second half of that game, and Alabama's offense was really held quiet in that second half while Florida made their comeback. So I think we could have a shootout on our hands, and I do not want to get caught with Alabama at too high a level of confidence. I'm not flipping over to picking Ole Miss to win this game, but Alan, I think an upset is in the cards. I think it's a possibility. So I'm going to take Alabama, but I'm going to take them at a lower value than an eight. I'm not going to drop it to the bottom 
of my board, but I'm going to take Alabama at either a five or a six, because to me, if I can drop them down a couple of points in value, maybe even three, then it gives me the opportunity to still score if they win this game. But if it gets really uncomfortable and Ole Miss finds a way to spring the upset, I think I'm going to be in a lot better spot for taking the loss than a bunch of other people in the group will be. Yeah, I agree. People are going to, they're going to throw Alabama up in that eight or nine section. There are a lot of high spreads this week that I really feel quite uncomfortable with. I'm fascinated by this matchup. I think it, it could be one of the most fun games that, that we see all year. And if it lives up to anything like last year's, then then it certainly will. As you mentioned, at this point, I would have Matt Corral as the Heisman winner. And I, I think deservingly so, but it's early. And we'll see. I don't think that there's any way that I'm putting Bama at an eight. I I just don't see any way at this point. So I'm with you and dropping them down. I don't see the upset happening, but I, you know, I could definitely see that being a a 10, 15% chance because Ole Miss is good enough offensively. The only mystery is how are they defensively? And, and that's, that's the really big question because other than Louisville, I mean, Tulane was pretty good, but you, you could tell they were kind of shell-shocked after that super long delay. I'm just not sold quite yet on that defense, but I, I agree. There's no way I'm touching them at that eight. Yeah, I really like that you're agreeing with it, and we talked about it before we began recording tonight. I don't know, man. This Alabama team was kind of pushed around by Florida, and I don't think Ole Miss is the exact same as that. I don't think they're going to be able to do that. Uh, which is why I think Alabama scores points. But I just don't think they're going to score completely at will like they did a year ago. Maybe there's a couple of stops for Ole Miss here and there, and Alabama's going to get some stops too. But I just think we could see this game. I don't know. If, If Ole Miss hangs around into the half, into the third quarter, I think this thing could get dicey. And so that's what I'm preparing for in dropping Alabama a couple point values on the confidence level. Agree. And they won't be out of it if if it's a 14 point game with like five or six minutes left. Ole Miss can score that, right? Like Alabama's going to have to have a three score lead going into the final, you know, eight to 10 minutes to, to feel comfortable about this game just with, because of the explosiveness of that Ole Miss offense. Yeah, definitely. I just, I think Ole Miss is explosive enough to me that I don't think this thing's getting up to three scores. I just think that unless there's a bunch of turnovers from Matt Corral, which we did see a couple of times a year ago, I just think he's playing well enough and uh, we've seen them give Alabama fits before. I I think that's going to be more of the same this weekend. Agreed. Agreed, man. Alan, where are you going for your first value pick this week? We mentioned this. We we don't know exactly what uh, their quarterback position is going to be, but I like a fairly decent upset of Notre Dame at home over Cincinnati. Brian Kelly just doesn't lose this type of big game. He knows how to win these games. Obviously, they defeated Wisconsin last week, as we talked about in the Rewind pod. Um, Cincinnati is favored by two and a half points, which would make them a a two on the board. I'm surprised that they are a road favorite at two and a half. I'm going to put Notre Dame at a three or a four. I think that Notre Dame defense is going to really mess with Desmond Ritter. And I think Notre Dame is going to be able to run the ball enough and efficiently enough at home 
to be able to take care of them. Notre Dame is way better than Indiana, and Cincinnati took a while to even get things going there. I like Notre Dame to pull the home upset against the much higher ranked Cincinnati. <laughs> Man, I agree with you. I, I thought when these two teams lined up, I thought when they showed up on our pick'em board, I thought Notre Dame was going to be favored. I was a little surprised to see the Bearcats on the road a favorite again. It's a very similar spot to what we saw in them against Indiana. Now, if you recall, if you were listening to the show a few weeks back, I picked Cincinnati against Indiana, and I boosted their confidence value big time. I liked them. But in retrospect... It was Indiana who came out of the gates punching in that game. They were the ones who took it to Cincinnati. They got up early in the game, and it wasn't until Michael Penix threw interceptions and some turnovers really piled up that Cincinnati started gaining control of that game. But in the end, Indiana still outgained Cincinnati. And what you're talking about, Alan, I think there's a bigger talent gap here talking about Notre Dame. I think that Marcus Freeman's defense is coming along. I think that the passing game for Notre Dame is going to cause some problems because of the tight ends for Cincinnati. And uh, when you're talking about the quarterback play, whoever it is, I think Jack Cohn's going to be available. If it's Tyler Buckner or even if it's Drew Pine, I think that Notre Dame's passing attack is going to give some problems. And Alan, you mentioned it already. What we saw with Indiana was Indiana actually found a little bit of a ground game against Cincinnati. It wasn't great. It wasn't pretty, but they did a pretty good job. And Notre Dame has more talent in the backfield than Indiana does. So I think the ground game may get something going, and I think that helps them even more. I'm exactly with you. I'm going to take the Irish in an upset in this game, and I think I've pegged it about the exact same spot on board, probably a three or a four headed into week five. Wow, well, you just gave me all sorts of warm and fuzzies, man. <laughs> that's good to that's good to go. I, I'm I'm with you there. I, I just think that that this one sets up. I will, I really was shocked, in all honesty, that Cincinnati was was favored even by by three points. Because what that means is that they normally give two to three points on the spread for the home team. So that that they think on I think on a neutral field that. Cincinnati is like a five, six point uh, favorite. And I just disagree with that in all sorts of ways. Yeah. So um, I, I, again, Brian Kelly just doesn't lose this type of game. They, you know, they gave Clemson all sorts of fits up in Notre Dame and, and beat them last year. They, they just find a way to win that game. Yeah, and to me, we talked about Cincinnati earlier this year. We talked about with that Indiana game. I liked Cincinnati a lot last year. I think they really built and had a good thing going. To me, they haven't been as impressive. I, I'd hammered them against Indiana, but really I became a little disappointed by what I saw with them against the Hoosiers. And to me, I just think that comes back and gets them here against Notre Dame. All right. I'm I'm glad you're with me on that. Let's let's ride together, brother. Yes, absolutely, sir. For my second value pick this week, Alan, I'm sticking in the SEC. This time, I'm looking at Auburn at LSU. We refined the Tigers of Baton Rouge as a three and a half point favorite. Alan, what I'm interested in in this game is the running game. That is because LSU. Let's go back to Week One, their game at UCLA, where they gave up. 213 combined rushing yards to Zach Charbonnet and Britton Brown. That was on only 28 attempts for two touchdowns at 7.6 yards an attempt. Man, I don't think this LSU team can stop the run. And offensively, 
They're trying to be what Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson were a couple of years ago with the national championship. But I don't think Max Johnson and Kayshawn Boutte, as good as he is, I don't think this is the same offense that we saw a couple of years ago. I don't think that's a surprise. On top of that, this LSU team cannot run the football. They haven't done it so far all year. They didn't do it last year. I think they've got some big issues there, and that puts all the pressure on Max Johnson. He's performed pretty well, but I'm not in love with this offense and what it is putting out there. I mentioned already the performance with LSU at UCLA in week one, and what they're going up against is a good Auburn offense, particularly in the rushing game with Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter. I think that they have some good things going there. Last week, we saw Auburn survive a matchup against Georgia State, but TJ Finley came in, kind of saved the day. He might be the starter when we see Auburn go on the road. It might be Bo Nix. Either way, I don't love either one of them, but TJ Finley could have some revenge factor going on. Hopefully that wouldn't work against him. Uh, But Alan, I'm just saying with this Auburn offense, I like that Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter set up the offense because I think that takes pressure off of the quarterbacks. I think that leads to Brian Harson being able to lean on the running game against this LSU team that hasn't been able to stop it when they've placed a good running team. And I like Auburn to go on the road and pull off an upset in this one with LSU as a three and a half point favorite. If you line that up according to the confidence level that we see this week, there are a couple of games tied at that spot in the spread at three and a half. So it would have LSU at either a three or a four. Alan, I'm going to flip it to the exact opposite side. I'm going to take Auburn on the road at a three or a four to pull the upset using that ground game to really get going on Saturday. I really do like that pick. I do not trust the Ed O'Drawn and the Louisiana Tigers. Go Tigers. I, I just do not trust him this year. That game against UCLA just was quite concerning. I think it's very, very easy to explain away what happened this past week with Auburn after going on the road in an incredibly emotional, fun game against Penn State with the wideout. They come back home against Georgia State, and they're flat, right? They're, they're not put together. And they managed to escape um, in some ways because of a, a, a fortunate um, call. But they, they got the win. And I, I think then they will be far more focused and will look much more like the team that we saw in Happy Valley the week before as they go to Death Valley this time. So, yay, they walk through the valleys of the shadow of death. Um, they will fear no evil as long as Brian Harson is with them, as long as Tank Bigsby's their running back. I like them in that matchup. I, I think it's going to be, I think it'll be a fun game because this one, this matchup has typically done some wacky stuff, right? We, we've seen this game have some, some really crazy um, flips and even road teams winning games. Maybe they shouldn't have. Um, so I, I think this will be a, a really entertaining game, but I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm with you there with Auburn. Yeah, where are you going to find it on your board with the value? Oh, it's, I mean, it's going to be pretty low. I mean, I, I ain't, I ain't finna to go put that up, <laughs> up pretty high on the board. It's, it's going to be low, but I, I like Auburn to, to, to win that one. Very nice. Alan, where are you going for your second value pick this week? All right. So we talked about that you're going to have to slide a team or two down, maybe that, that you don't feel comfortable with. 
Um, and there, there are multiple of those that some of them are going to have to be high on the board. But I've got one that I think you can slide up to replace them with. I'm going to Wake Forest beating Louisville pretty handily. Dave Clawson has done a remarkable job in a in a tough, um, a really a, a tough space there at, at Wake Forest. Sam Hartman has been incredibly efficient um, with nine touchdowns to only one interception. Louisville's defense was shredded in the game that they played another really good quarterback. It's been shredded actually twice, you know, against UCF with Dylan Gabriel and the game prior to that with Matt Corral and Ole Miss. Louisville's defense in those games against good offenses has given up points. They're averaging giving up 26 a game. So this should be a five according to the spread, which is currently at six and a half. I think that's a little low. I think I'm bumping them up to into that seven or eight range to replace, you know, we talked about it just being a little apprehensive and and uncomfortable with some of those top games. I think this is when you slide up and you feel pretty good about Wake Forest at home covering that spread and I think walking away fairly easily against Louisville. I think it makes a lot of sense. I like where your head's at, Alan. I had kind of similar thoughts. I think that Wake Forest matches up well with Louisville in this game. I'll even throw another matchup that we've seen between these two teams. Both teams have played Florida State this year, and Louisville is in a dogfight. I believe the Seminoles actually outgained Louisville in that game, even though they came away with a win. And you look at Wake Forest matchup with them. Wake Forest really handled them pretty well. Uh, it wasn't a perfect game. They didn't completely dominate, but they won comfortably. And uh, I think that Sam Hartman and company have a good thing going. So I'm in the exact same thought process with this one. Uh, I think you and I are going to have very, very similar boards this week, it sounds like. Uh, But I'm going to be moving Wake Forest up a little bit in value. It may not be as much as you are, but I like the Demon Deacons in this matchup against Louisville. I'm probably going to take them from that five spot, like you mentioned, with the six and a half point favorite. I might have them as a six maybe before the week's done, I'd, I'd move them up even up to a seven, uh, but I'm definitely going to have the Demon Deacons on my board and I'm going to have them definitely in that top half, moving them off that cut line from that number five spot. That's good, man. I, that's, a, that's a really good team. I could see that legitimately, I could see them competing to win the ACC this year if they remained looking as competitive as they have been up to this point. It certainly looks like they're going to be a competitor in the ACC. I don't know how many teams are legitimately going to be competing in the ACC, uh, but Wake Forest certainly seems like this could be the type of year when you're taking advantage of a Clemson team that is just down right now and uh, is already down in the loss column after losing that game against NC State last weekend. So, Alan, it really does feel like you and I are going to have very, very similar boards this week, and I hope that's an indicator of good things to come here in Week 5. Agreed. Maybe we'll uh, we'll be be competing just with the total pick to see who who wins a gift card after both of us get a perfect week. Shoot, I hope that we are talking <laughs> about uh, coming close, at least very close to that ten and zero bracket uh, with the selections this week. Uh, you know, if we're similar on so many things, I feel like we better be up in that eight and two, nine and one, or ten and zero range somewhere because that's uh, that's about the only thing that's going to feel really good after we're so similar on everything. Agreed. (laughs) 
Of course, you can always follow us on Twitter. You can find Alan at AD on the blackout. You can find myself at TB on the blackout. And we always love the ratings and reviews for the blackout on Apple Podcasts. That helps us out a ton as we work our way to bigger and better things down the road. Alan, it's another pick and pod in the books and headed forward into week six. We're going to be right back with you as we record another pick and rewind and a pick and pod right here on the blackout. Alan, thank you for your time. Yeah, man. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here.